Uh, this is Carlos Polo. I'm the co-founder of Repertoire and listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul the App Guy. You're listening to the App Guy Podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp, and it's my job to try and bring you the best entrepreneurs, startup founders exciting people that are disrupting the world and i know paul vega who is our next guest he is disrupting the world completely he is the founder of dacos and he's also the uh, i guess owner of a recent app that they've launched called flow uh, dacos uh, just go and uh, check it out online you can just search for d-e-c-o-s dacos and uh, you can find uh, a lot of information about uh, his company 200 people plus a very disruptive, innovative company. I've just had a look at their offices. It is very futuristic. Forget Apple and their uh, campus. You want to look at this office. It's amazing. Paul, thank you very much for joining us on the App Guy podcast. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yep. And uh, I would love just to spend a minute or two learning about you and your journey. You've uh, you, you founded this uh, awesome IT company, Dacos. How did you get started and how did you? And tell us a little bit about uh, Dacos itself. Well, I was in, in university, and that's a bit of time ago. I was studying computer science, and I, um, at the end of the university, I decided that we wanted to create a products, a technology products, instead of go work somewhere. Um, so I started Dacos, and that's already 26 years ago. Uh, so for an IT company, that's an amazing time uh, span. And uh, gradually, over time, this company built, uh, and we've built many products uh, that that our customers like and that made the company grow. Uh, however, we're also like uh, yeah, a company that already exists for a longer time and we needed to, to innovate and change and we did a lot of that. We're going to talk a lot about that because you have uh, released an app called Flow and that's how I found you. And uh, But I'd love to know, I mean, it just sounds phenomenal that you, know, you started college, you didn't want to go and work for someone else, you decided to do your own thing. I think that's so inspirational. Many of my listeners of the Appster tribe would love to take that journey. And you've ended up, you know, having this very large company. Could you talk to me a little bit more about your journey then from literally the early days to to where you ended up now? Well, the journey is... Um the advantage of starting early uh, without working experience is that you do not know how hard it is. Uh, so that's a message maybe to all of your listeners that have not worked anywhere. I mean, it is great to start without experience because you just are very optimistic and you will not know where the barriers are. And as an entrepreneur, you're always busy. I mean, you need to develop things that are maybe impossible, but if you do not know that they're impossible, you might just realize them. And that's probably what I did. Uh, so starting, dreaming, uh, making things, but also pivoting a lot, changing models uh, along the way, learning by mistake, uh, which is, of course, expensive. So for the people listening that have work experience, I mean, the good news is uh, you're much less prone to errors uh, because you probably have made a lot of the mistakes that I've, uh, uh, that I've made uh, at my own expense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm loved. I love the fact that you used the word pivoting. Uh, I recently put together 
some of the big themes to come out of the, the 148 episodes that I've done of this show. Uh, I was putting it together for a coaching package. And one of the big themes is is the importance of pivoting. So many startup founders have talked about that. How, how important is pivoting to you and your business? Well, what we see is that, I mean, the market is always slightly different than you expect. And uh, of course, you in our industry, I feel it's hard to do market research because you, you just want to interact with the customers and they can only interact with you if you have a product. Um, and you see the same world in the app world. I mean, you, your app has to be in the Play Store because, or in, in the App Store. If it's not online, it's, it's impossible for people to interact with it and, and you cannot get the feedback. So the dilemma of our industry is that you need to go out there and innovate, uh, but on the other hand, you, you will need to learn from the market. And um, the market is, uh, is of course, a uh, tough teacher, and, um, but the great thing these times is you have a lot of interaction, and, and we do learn a lot from our clients and interacting with our clients, and, and that brings, a, brings about a lot of the change that we need to make then in our models. And every time you think, damn, next time I should ask our clients first that of course you can go ask people quickly but still still they often hit you with surprise uh, uh, along the way let's talk a little bit about your clients then but it'll be interesting to understand who it is you're serving as, as clients and then work out where we go from there yeah, well, we, we as, a, as a company have started just uh, serving uh, mainly uh, businesses, uh, small and medium businesses with document management solutions. Um, and we've made solutions for um, transportation. That, so that's Car Tracker. It's a track and trace solution for vehicles. And we sell that to medium sized businesses that have like 20 cars, 50 cars, 100 cars. Uh, we sell them that solution. Uh, so that's that. And Pivoting that idea uh, is where the Flow app got started. So that's uh, something we'll come to later. Uh, but yeah, we, we do have a lot of professional clients uh, in our industry that just have, uh, well, are, are long-term customers of ours and, and uh, part of the discussions. But they also push us to change and to innovate. And sometimes we push our clients, of course, a little bit, uh, inspire them, as we call that, to, uh, to think about future use of technology and how they can improve their business by going, for example, paperless or, uh, well, with better driving habits. You know, I have a lot of history as an entrepreneur as well and some failures. And I feel qualified to talk to you a little bit about car tracking because one of my failures in the past was launching a, uh, it was a, a car-focused um, service, and I needed car tracking, so I ended up uh, buying car tracking. It seemed quite expensive at the time, but for me as a small business, I ended up. Uh, I felt it was a very valuable thing because I could track the employees that I was uh, employing to go out and uh, fi- figure out some of the stuff that I was doing. So yeah, I have got some history here with car tracking. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's one of the things where we saw like we are in this market, we are serving clients, they are happy with our product, but we feel there's a new world coming. I mean, there's an incredible future ahead of us um, and there's a lot of innovation coming. And what we also saw in this tracking is that classically it was used a little bit as a as a, as a following or a control kind of device. And, and what we felt that we were missing out on the drivers. I mean, we're not making them happy. And I felt that that as a company, I, I really like to make people happy with technology. I mean, if we can do that, that's an incredible value that you bring to the world. And we felt we should 
try to see if we can pivot our car tracking business and think of something that is much more valuable to the world and much more valuable to the driver, the, the people behind the wheel, that they really love the product themselves. And that's how we got to the idea that, hey, can we do an app called Flow that is uh, just fresh and new, takes the best of our knowledge, and then try to see if we can uh, bring that into a new formula uh, of just a free free app that uh, that helps you make uh, become a better driver. Well, I mean, there's a big trend towards uh, apps that change your habit. Uh, I am currently going through uh, an app at the moment called Headspace, which is uh, giving me the habit of 10 minutes daily meditation, which has actually been really good. Uh, And I would only do it because there's an app and it's very easy to use. So habit forming apps are becoming extremely popular. So so if I understand it, then, Paul, your app flow uh, is is something to try and help us change some of our driving habits so that we become become better drivers probably more economical and better for the environment that kind of stuff yeah uh, flow is is indeed focused on helping people to become a better driver i mean the flow does the app does that by giving you scores uh, for how you drive but also giving compliments for for good driving behavior i mean if you take a corner gradually it will say like hey that's that's a great corner uh you take a Cautious, uh, casual uh, acceleration, not too fast. It will be complimented with positive. It will be positive to you about um, what well, good driving behavior, a driving behavior that will also save you fuel. Uh, we see people saving a lot of fuel with this app by using this app and changing their behavior. They they take more and more miles out of a out of a gas tank. Yeah. This is an awesome app. I love the idea. So really, you've gamified the whole process of driving. So that we'd no longer have to listen to our uh, partners who complain about our driving or backseat drivers. We can actually now uh, just get the app to say, hey, gr- great driving, Paul. You've just taken that corner really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I love uh, it. Uh, and that's also nice because, indeed, your partner that might be sitting next to you might not be do- have the best possible education training. Uh, and by us taking the gamification knowledge that is now there going for the positive feedback instead of uh, your partner sometimes giving the negative feedback like oh keep a bit more distance or uh, why do you do that Uh, this app just gives you the positive mainly the positive feedback i mean it gives a little uh sometimes corrective feedback if you're really trying to do stuff that's that's out of bounds but uh, normally it it just tries to be positive tries to be uh bringing you the best in behavior change gamification skills that are there to change a part of your life that is uh, that is valuable. I mean, it's not only valuable for you and your, your mileage that you're getting out of your car, but it's also good for your car maintenance. And it is good uh, for the fellow uh, people on the road because you're probably safer if you drive more cautiously. Yeah, I was going to say the side effect of your app maybe that you possibly save a lot of marriages because i know that marriages do uh, unfortunately uh, come up uh, you know arguments are the car is one of the biggest arguments of uh, people married couples and uh, yeah that may be an unintentional side effect yeah unintentional side effect i, I do believe indeed there's a passenger comfort and uh, and uh, indeed maybe maybe a little positive marriage effect i don't know that but to, <laughs> it's just fun to see if you can make an app that that gives a positive contribution to people's lives and that's why i felt like we should start there as a company to see if we can do that um so we, we didn't focus on any business model at all we really said like let's see if 
we can make this positive change, uh, see if we can do that. Uh, still, it's and it's been a challenge to get that white. Uh, as you might see in the App Store, we're still uh, experimenting a bit. We, we, we are still in a, the end of the beta stage, and it's still uh, a vote, but it's a vote we take with a lot of nice feedback from users. Um, we're getting a lot of good feedback that helps us improve the product, and we think we're going live uh, full launch in October. Wonderful. But it's already it's already in the App Store, uh, in the Play Store for Android to to download uh, and uh, work with right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about uh, why you chose Android first before. Uh, are you planning an iOS Apple uh, launch as well for your app? Uh, well, the interesting thing is we see a lot of the people in the world have Android. Uh, if you look at the reality of the statistics, I mean, there's just a lot of people using it. And as we focused on, we, we, we do as a company have a lot of iOS products as well. So we have made a conscious choice for this app to really start with the driver uh, where we feel the most people are driving cars are using. And we think, well, a free app running on Android will probably help the most people. And let's let's start there. And uh, from there, if, it, if it's fine, of course, we'll launch an iOS uh, version. Uh, the interesting thing is that we see a lot of the uh, people that you would think of uh, from a business model perspective uh, are, are often using iOS. Uh, so I think it's uh, to our credit that we that we went for Android, uh, went for the driver first, uh, see if we can make the best possible experience. And of course, if the functional app is clear, uh, iOS is, is for us uh, uh, something we were we're very accustomed to to doing. So that's that would be the next step. Yeah, so what I've learned from that, and this, I guess, goes out to the Appster tribe listening to this, is that uh, just choose a platform that makes sense. Android, obviously, is a, a very big platform. And then it will be a natural evolution of the app if uh, and when it becomes a successful hit, that there'll be enough uh, demand for it to then, for you to start creating the iOS app. Uh, and so really, the, the decision is just go with what you feel is the best and uh, focus on one platform first. Yeah, one platform first is the best strategy. And of course, you get a lot of people asking for the other platform, and that makes you uncertain. But to get ties in with your earlier story about pivoting and change, you need to change so much in the beginning that it's really, really much better if you do it on one platform uh, and go for an excellent experience on one platform first. Yeah. So uh, I know another uh, really big piece of advice from a lot of the startup founders we've inter inter interviewed over the years is um, feedback. And I uh, just wondered how you're getting feedback from the user base. Uh, is it through just simply the reviews or do you have an inbuilt feature within the app to get feedback from the users? No, we do not have an inbuilt feature. We got a lot of uh, friends on Google Plus uh, sharing um, feedback. Uh, we get uh, feedback through the App Store, uh, feedback through our emails. But I don't think we have an in-app in feedback uh, system, no. Yeah, okay. So Google Plus, actually, that's uh, another uh, useful tip there. People should be thinking about using Google Plus as a way of, because uh, I guess it inter interacts quite well with uh, the Android app itself. So. Yeah, if you go for the Android space anyway, then uh, it's hard to avoid Google, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now we talked a little bit about, I guess, 
that you're in a really good position to do this because you've got the history of uh, being a company that's focused on car tracking. And then you could take your expertise and apply it to an app. And also you said that it's not that important to focus yet on a monetization strategy or business model because you're just focused on getting getting this the most awesome app you can create, uh, which ultimately then will benefit you in some doubt, some way down the road. You, you'll be able to monetize and, and, and figure out, a mo- yeah, I guess a monetization strategy for this app. Yeah, I f- we feel that it's in the app space. I mean, it's it's all about user experience. I mean, that has to be great, which is incredibly hard to do. Um, for us, it was it's really a journey of innovation, uh, how to make it simple, fast. Uh, it's It's incredibly hard to make the optimal user experience. So, you need to go there first, and uh, and you need to bring value. I think it's value and user experience to me are the, the most important words in in the app space, um, because if you bring that business models after that, of course we selected an area where we feel there are business models. Yes, yes, they are. Yes, yes, there are. But there are no business models if we don't bring value and if we don't have a good user experience. So it's as simple as that. And then it's lean startup again. They say, well, test do the most important stuff first. So, and the other thing I think will be interesting to the audience is that uh, a lot of us are uh, working, you know, for mid-sized companies and thinking about part-time projects. Did you outsource any of this app development or did you build a team up internally and and focus purely on in-house talent? Now we we really um, focused on in-house talent uh, for this. Uh, we we freed up uh, a team of people uh, to do it, and we felt that is very important to uh, to to well that gives you as a mid-sized company as we're a mid-sized company gives us the best value in real change of our company because if we if we would do all the outsource all the work, it, it it might not give us the learning experience because we we do have a lot of learning in this, and uh, it that has been great to work with with our our internal team to do that. We did bring in some external expertise, uh, for example, a gamification consultant uh, that helped us in gamifying uh, because that's that's a knowledge field where we really knew at. So if we if we need some input in a new knowledge field, we, we, we might take up a freelancer to, to help us uh, challenge us on that field. Uh, but we do want to learn ourselves with our team. We, 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 are, we want to be the most innovative company in the world. So we need to get our, all our people to be innovators. You know, Paul, this is so, so valuable. I mean, you've just given me the idea to uh, mention to the audience is that maybe a, a lot of people listening do want to try their own things, start their own thing. And it's it, it, you know, not as many people will be as successful as you. Clearly, you've been extremely successful. And uh, there is an alternative for people that are working in mid-sized companies is to knock on the door of the founder or the, uh, the managing director and say, hey, we've got some really good, interesting ideas for disruption, you know, or at least we could try these new things like you're doing and and then develop these small teams that go off and, and start to do these innovative uh, projects. Yeah, this they, they, there's a, a lot of theory behind that. It's called edge innovation or innovation at the edge. I mean, if you, where you take up as a mid-sized company, um, you're not trying to, to innovate the entire company as a whole, but you really give some space at the edge of the company to do disruption. And, and disruption, of course, is is a lot better because 
in mid-sized company, often innovation will be very in incremental. And if you want to do real innovation, you have to be open to disruptive innovation. And uh, so that's easier at the edge of the company where you would say, hey, can I try this? We see this disruptive business model coming. Could we try do that with a team of four or five people? Uh, could we uh, could we work on that? And if you would approach management with a plan like that, I think much of the management of, of current uh, bigger companies is struggling with this. So if you, as, a, as an entrepreneur uh, inside that company, bring an idea, I think um, there's a good chance you will get some space. Now, Paul, you just mentioned a word that I haven't actually come across, which is uh, intrapreneur. Is that somebody inside a company but kind of behaving entrepreneurially? Yeah, yeah, that's that's really the kind of innovators you need. So we, as a company, as a as a management model, we we try to uh, encourage people to be entrepreneurs, to be uh, really having the entrepreneurial mindset and uh, the disruptive and uh, and the ownership. Uh, so we try to empower people to make decisions and take the ownership for their their actions. And so in the case also of the Flow app, we really have a lot of empowerment for the team to to take that forward. And uh, uh, the team is a really really great team, and they're doing fantastic. And I'm really happy and proud of them that they are taking that that ownership of the product because it has to be done by the people that are in the product. So I want to challenge every single person listening right now who's working for a small to mid-sized company that hasn't come across that term, intrapreneur. Think of yourself as one. Be innovative. It, it, there's nothing stopping you because you have the power to actually go out and uh, do something disruptive despite being you know, in a, in a job where you do have, I guess, daily deliverables. So I think that's just valuable to learn uh, that we, we can change our mindset and be innovative no matter what our circumstances are. Yeah, if, if you look at the big picture, I mean, we see, uh, as, and I might have a slightly bigger picture because I have 25 years of history in IT. If I look forward the next 25 years, I mean, we're going to see more innovation than I've seen, than we've probably seen in humanity in the last 100 or 250 years. So there's going to be so much innovation coming that every company will need to be uh, fast, fast in innovating, quick in innovating. And, and that can only be done with a team of people that are all innovators and everybody takes takes the responsibility to disrupt and to think of new models and uh, pivot things and change stuff. I mean, the old hierarchical model, uh, factory kind of model is, is gone. I mean, we need to be innovators. Yeah, and I think also... Uh the lesson I've learned uh, over the last few years is that I think it's actually really hard for companies to buy innovation, that innovation could come from anywhere. I mean, here I am running a, a podcast. It goes out to a lot of people. I get, I get a big audience and it's uh, it's just literally me just doing a podcast on my MacBook. And there's so many uh, startup founders who start from a very you know, low budget. Uh, the barriers to entry are really low because of this worldwide distribution through the app stores. And innovation, it, it can come from anywhere. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, that's why we also said we we're not going to set up like a separate innovation department. No, we we, we want to be a company of two hundred innovators. I just want 
all my people to contribute and, and feel that they can participate either in a hackathon or in, in a product idea or uh, if they have a great idea, we'll, 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 we'll free them up to, to pursue that idea. So we'll give them the space to, uh, to take them their app idea uh, as, a, as a project and we'll uh, get them to, to get more people for that. And so we, we try to make that as a company policy that, uh, yes, innovation is welcome and we're all uh, part of that. So we cannot separate it because it might be the, I mean, the one idea, the most crazy idea might be the best one. I mean, you, you can never think of it. Yeah, well, there's so many crazy ideas. It's just hard to believe that, you know, five years ago, if you would, if I was talking through you uh, with 20 years of experience, not 25, but five <laughs> years ago, and just explain what's going to be really popular now, you probably wouldn't believe me. <laughs> but, uh, no, no. And, and that's, and that pace of change is only going to be faster and more accelerating. So it's, it's important that we all are part of that and we can, we can build a better world. And I think that's an incredible, uh, I mean, it's unique in human history. The period that we're in is, is unique and, uh, humanity has never been accelerating so fast that we have got the tools to, to connect all of humanity and to make it a better world. That's more transparent, uh, that's more efficient with better behavior. Uh, because if you look at the bigger picture of things, if we are able to, to help, uh, human behavior with technology that will mean so much uh, for the health of every person on this planet and um, we'll, we'll be uh, we'll definitely are we're definitely building a better world uh, through technology and we, we can do that we can apply technology for that and that's something we should do I feel yeah and I think building a better world definitely starts with uh, getting people to drive better that's for certain especially uh, yeah yeah, it's important if you try to build a better world that you also try to do it in a great way. I, th I feel that um, you need to be in a positive, uh, well, with a positive attitude on it. And, and it's great if you have a, <laughs> have a good world with good drivers. Yeah, that would be <laughs> Yeah, I can give you some countries to start off with, actually. Uh, Italy and uh, I'm obviously discriminating oh, yeah. now against all the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that's true. And it's, um, yeah, so... Yeah, that's that's incredible. Nice if we can help that, uh, that people well change their behavior, uh, get their better points. Uh, what I might also like to say here is that this driving behavior is uh, the good driving behavior. If you look at it, is is actually quite a bit of a um, well, a bit of slowish kind of driving, which is typically not seen as a as a sexy driving behavior. Uh, so the interesting thing is that you, with technology, we can help people make this behavior that's actually good for everybody uh, more interesting. And um, I compare that a bit with a uh, toothbrush I, I used to have, like uh, for a lot of time, they, they everybody said to me I should spend two minutes on brushing my teeth, and I always had trouble with that. And until I got this this toothbrush that had this uh, display with a two-minute timer and uh, the beautiful display and a smiley at the end, I said, "Well, the, that's tooth, toothbrush gamified, and it and it worked for me." Yeah, well, uh, we, had, we had an in, a really interesting uh, interview with the founder of Beam Brush, who has gamified uh, t cleaning your teeth. And uh, yeah, he's uh, linked up an Android app with uh, your toothbrush and, and, and did something similar to you, but with, uh, with regards to dental. He said it's, it's really changing behavior. And that's, that, that's incredibly great. I mean, if you can help 
people change behavior for better in areas that might not seem so interesting, but they do contribute. And, and driving does have a lot of value uh, for that, and it uh, has a direct impact on your mileage. It has also a direct impact, indeed, on your passengers, uh, on the people around you, better for your car. It's incredible if you can do it. But it's, I, I was really so surprised when the first time I got my compliment from Flo for slow acceleration. I mean, I, I was accelerating onto a highway and uh, I did cautiously and then at the end of that acceleration I just got a green compliment like oh great acceleration that's I, I was so surprised like no car in the history in my driving history has ever been able to compliment me in such a nice uh, constructive way because a lot of these cars have these eco meters but they typically seem to be very connected to your your gas. Um, I mean, if you just press the pedal more, it it goes to the red zone, and that's very stupid. It's very simple, and flow is so much more interesting because it can give you uh, feedback on your cornering, feedback on on uh, well, it seems to be much more relevant feedback, and an app can do that. Uh, in that way, you can help people uh, learn a behavior that's not not seen as very sexy, uh, but that gets very lot of fun to to do because of this app. Just uh, this is an absolutely awesome episode, Paul. I have to admit that you know, it, it, talking about innovation. Imagine I'm uh, like a senior director at BMW or Mercedes, and somebody comes in and says, um, you know, there's a mid-sized company, 200 people. Uh, they're they're a document management company. They're also, you know, got a car tracker. They're going to be a really big competitive force for us because they've just developed this app that, <laughs> uh, you know, no one would believe you because how on earth do you know where the comp- competition's coming from? But here you are, you know, your company is delivering what sounds like just the most amazing experience for driving uh, using this app. Uh, and it sounds like that would be really beneficial in, you know, your car. And, and yet it hasn't come from the car industry. Oh no, and that's and that's of course a big issue with with the big industry that they are. Well, I mean, they have their own issue already with Tesla um, uh, disrupting them, and um, it's it's incredibly hard for the car industry. But they, because there are like the old kind of uh, scalable efficiency kind of factories, I mean, they are very hierarchical, very scalable, very efficient, uh, large size companies. That had like five or ten year plans. I mean, well, you just asked me a short, short time ago, but what what do you think of a five year plan? I mean, in this time of space, it's five years is such an incredibly long time, and um, so they are now designing the cars for for 2019 or 2020. But I'm not sure if if they're gonna make them all self all electric self driving or. Uh, or not, and if they're not, I, I'm sure that somebody else will will do it. And um, I believe in an electric future for cars. And um, yeah, so yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of disruption coming for the car industry. But there's a lot of the disruption coming for everybody. Uh, so so every industry that's labor intensive, uh, with a lot of people in it. Is ready for disruption. I mean, and that's and then you can talk about education has that, uh, but also uh, the medical field has that. Medical, of course, is going to be hit hard when 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 we're really getting uh, the medical apps uh, launched, and that's because everybody wants the instant diagnosis. So there's a lot of spaces where we see that there's a lot of people working in a big 
industry and and bigger industries uh, are are really hard to, well have have a really hard time at disrupting themselves yeah yeah, yeah the, the medical and the health i mean we interviewed a founder who is partly responsible through his app getting a hundred thousand women pregnant by the virtue <laughs> of his app so <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's great, great that's contribution. That's his legacy. Yeah. yeah, that's a great contribution. <laughs> uh, lovely. Uh, obviously, a, a great contribution to mankind in a way. But uh, So we've got about five minutes left, Paul, before we finish the show. And um, uh, 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 I just wanted to pick up on one thing because um, the, you did mention about the gamification and you got an, ex, an external expert in uh, gamification consultant. And it made me think that uh, a lot of us have... Uh, quite a lot of talent with regards to very unique specialized elements of uh, app building or uh, parts of the app uh, that we could actually sell ourselves as consultants as coaches how did you go about uh, identifying the right gamification consultant to help you and what tips could you give us to to actually emulate what that gamification consultant is doing in terms of you know a business model well as for gamification, I, I feel it's it's an incredibly interesting field. Um, it's something that's that's really important for app developers. So, I feel we need all app developers should have some basic knowledge of the field, and and that could be done either by by taking on some YouTube videos about the subject or seeing that you that you uh, visit a conference or some congress sometimes, or that you just are aware of the field. I think. The awareness of the field is where it should start because you should know that the field is there and you should be aware of what you do not know. So you should be aware that there is a big field called gamification and it's it's incredibly important to you as an app developer. Uh, so I think that's step one uh, because you cannot hire a consultant if you don't know that you're missing that knowledge. Um, so you should be aware of what you what you're not knowing and then try to find a identify a person. And I think. We had some uh, search of that person, uh, and we found that person through our network of uh, freelancers that we know. So we have found him through um, uh, through our network. But uh, maybe the, the the big thing is is the step one, because step one for us was that we, as a company, took interest in gamification, uh, went to conferences, and we became aware of our of our well, uh, our need for more knowledge in that field. And that's, uh, that's I think, a very important step because gamification is slightly, well, slightly odd field. Uh, maybe not many engineers are fully aware of it. And as it's more about human behavior and the quantified self, people, uh, they, they, of course, have, have more are more aware of that influence that human behavior is is just incredibly hard to change we all know that it's incredibly hard to change our diet or change our fitness regime and it's so hard and now we have this body of knowledge called gamification that can help us uh in in making that possible through technology now just give me the idea that uh, people listening to this the apps to tribe can identify something very specific and become an expert in it and then promote themselves through maybe some personal branding or through their network to then uh, be picked up by companies like you who have that shortage in and that gap in their expertise and then would employ somebody like that so I just I think it's a potential way of of adding additional money to uh, anyone who's working on their own or, or looking to become become a consultant 
for the freelance community, I really feel that's a great way forward to to present yourself more as a knowledge leader in a specific field, because um, there's a lot of uh, interest in in knowledge, and especially in the app field, uh, there's uh, still a lot of uh, knowledge required uh, for everybody else that wants to do apps. So yeah. Be very specific about what you know. Uh, we see a lot of people, uh, freelance resumes, uh, I mean, they know everything. Uh, and classic marketing, of course, is the advice to say, well, focus that knowledge and and uh, and be more, uh, do, do more storytelling about your knowledge and see that your speaker on conferences about your knowledge area or become more of a knowledge person and then people will be much more able to find you in the field that that your expertise is uh, most valuable, and and we we use uh, uh, people with expertise uh, preferably uh, as a freelancer. So I feel that that brings the most value to us as a as a company. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. So in the last couple of minutes, then Paul, we we can't leave without asking you uh, as a smartphone user what uh, your favorite app is, or maybe an app that you could recommend to us. Uh, that uh, obviously flow was something we're re- recommending <laughs> but apart from that the uh, an app that you may we may not have come across but is one of your favorite apps oh uh you do catch me a bit but i know sorry right i should have, I should have yeah. mentioned that in the pre-chat if, <laughs> you, if you've got your phone next to you maybe yeah I'll, I'll take a look there for some uh, frequently used apps and um uh, let's see what is the um what's a nice one um uh, well, that might be a bit. Um, if, like, um, if this is, um, uh, let's see, which is the best one there? Um, I must say, I mean, a, a crazy as as for a crazy app that nobody else knows. I, I, uh, and it's maybe behavior change, and it, I don't know whether it's widely used, but I, I have one that. There, that's a bit crazy, and that's Ultim Eyes. It's called. Um, Sorry, Paul, could you repeat that? Ultim Eyes. It's uh, Ultimate Eyes, I think. Uh, and this one is Ultim Eyes. And I just started using it. And I think it's a crazy idea, and I just, I don't think it looks beautiful. I, I cannot even say if it works. But the crazy thing is that it, it tries to change your brain to be better uh, without glasses. Um, and I don't know if it works. I use it on iPad, um, but I do like to practice. And I'm just wondering, will, will it work? And it's maybe also my age a bit that I need a <laughs> help there. Uh, but old Tim Eyes. Okay. Old Tim Eyes, it's called. And it's, uh, as for a sample of some crazy app, I think uh, that, that tries to help humans. Uh, this is uh, an app that helps humans. And uh, let's see. I, I'll work more with it to see if I really benefit. But, um, yeah. Uh, well, that's my recommendation. Great. Well, Paul, and the, the final thing is that I uh, like to give, because we do have a lot of indie app developers or people uh, that like to get ideas for apps uh, listening to this show. And I have actually come, a, I've come to an idea after talking with you specifically. And I actually think this would be quite interesting. It's almost like you gave me the idea of changing habits and imagine an app that could tap into your email somehow and you know your habit that you want to change is you want to be more positive or you want to be more optimistic or you want to you know reflect some kind of behavior then the app would scan your uh, messages your emails the things that you're sending out maybe 
uh, maybe even broaden it to the content you're reading and give you kind of some score on how optimistic your language is or how negative your language is. And Yeah, that would, of course, be incredible to have that kind of uh, machine learning and um, uh, natural language processing that, that Google is doing anyway on your Gmail um, to have some of that uh, AI available for yourself, for your personal improvement, instead of for Google's ad uh, improvement, uh, we would like to learn <laughs> as, as, as humans from this. We want to become better humans. And if technology can, can do that, can, can help humanity become uh, better and to help this planet to become a better place to live, I feel we're doing the best uh, we can with it. And um, I feel we'll all uh, have benefit from that. So um, might be to conclude with that yeah yeah that, well there's the challenge for the apps to drive go and build that please and i'll be your first customer uh, for sure uh, anything that helps my mindset you know become more positive and, and 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 tap into the things i'm doing so paul um we've it's just been an absolutely wonderful journey sharing this with you uh, i've thoroughly enjoyed it it's uh, very valuable how best can we reach out and connect with your members of your team uh, what, what's the best way uh, well, for the Flow app, uh, that's on the Play Store. I think there's the community is also findable through there. Uh, it's also available on, on Google+. Uh, so the Flow community really would welcome uh, you all as drivers and experiment with it. Give us feedback as we're still uh, in the last uh, month of uh, beta testing. And uh, But um, it's all functional and it should work. Um, and... Um, well, let us know how we can do better in uh, changing humanity and uh, look at our dacus.com website to, to look at the uh, at the incredible office we have. And um, that's an inspirational place. Uh, we're fully paperless. Uh, so that's also an incredible place to, uh, to visit uh, if you're ever uh, here. Yes. Yeah. And, and I can actually vouch for that because you did let me have a quick look on your video and there was not one uh, inbox or any paper anywhere. And what a difference it makes to the building. Yeah, we, we, we don't have waste baskets. We don't have um, business cards. Um, there's no paper at all. So any employee that comes here, they don't even need a pen because even a labor contract is digital. So uh, we, we went zero tolerance on paper and uh, there's just no, not a single sheet of paper allowed here. Um, well, to, that's to obviously doing a lot for mankind as well in terms of the environment. So yeah, yeah, we want to try out this new world and, and it's it's possible, it's easy to do and it's incredible to, to get rid of um, that and uh, take a first step in, uh, in building a better world there. Yeah. You, you've just put the challenge to the tribe again, that the fact that you're a 200 plus uh, organization. So anyone that's running their own startup or a, a solopreneur, there's no excuse for having any paper. <laughs> oh yeah, you should, you should be paperless uh, for sure because uh, any app you're going to develop is going to be without paper anyway. So you get, get used to the new world, live in the new world because uh, if you live in the old one, it's going to be pretty hard to disrupt, to, to, to disrupt the old one. It's much better to work from the, from the future uh, already. Yeah. Great. Well, I will have links to this in the show notes. So uh, if you do want to just pick up on some of the things we've talked about, please go to theappguy.co and search for the podcast. Uh, it's episode 148 and uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it Paul it's been a wonderful journey thank you very much for joining us and uh, all the best with uh, the flow app thank you thank you for listening to this podcast stay tuned for the next episode if you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone then please send an email to info at onemob.com
the app guy podcast